0: Welcome to, and the podcast goes to, a new awards season podcast from ScreenCrush.com. I'm Aaron Whitney, Senior Editor with ScreenCrush, coming at you from New York City.
1: And I'm Britt Hayes, Associate Editor with ScreenCrush, coming to you from Austin, Texas.
0: So in our first episode, we talked all about our Oscar predictions, and this week's all about Golden Globes. So I woke up bright and early, live-tweeted the Golden Globe nominations, and we got some surprises, we got some really weird stuff, and a good amount of things that we were pretty happy about. So what was your immediate reaction to the nominations, Brit?
1: I mean, I didn't have to wake up super early like you did. But <laughs> really? uh, so I had a little more time, I think, to like prepare myself mentally, get some coffee, figure this out. But my immediate thing, like looking at the list is like, it is real, real wacky this year. Like, I don't understand. Like, ugh, Hacksaw Ridge. I think that's <laughs> like the most egregious thing on this to me. Hacksaw yeah, Ridge, which so is too. like a terrible movie.
0: Yeah, I don't. I I don't know how it got anything. I mean, maybe, maybe Andrew Garfield. But then, did the Academy not see Silence?
1: I but, guess you, not. I mean, but I mean, they had to have. I don't know what the, the deal is. is the Andrew thing. Garfield is in Hacksaw Ridge might be like his worst performance. Like it might be the worst thing I've ever seen him do in my life. It made me wonder if I even actually like him as an actor because he's basically doing like Forrest Gump. Like he goes like full full Gump and. The accent's terrible. It's just like, it's so overly earnest. It's like, she like golly, a- I can't pick up a gun. No, I can't. I can't. Like, <laughs> it's, so all, it's like a
0: parody of Gump, though. It's not even like you're yeah. trying to do Gump. It's like extra, extra on top of Gump.
1: It's- What's the character in, oh, what? what is it? Um, Tropic Thunder, the Ben Stiller <laughs> character, <laughs> yeah. where he's like plays the slow guy. Yeah. That's what it is. Oh, like, that's God. basically the character. That's pretty that's much what it. what he's doing. Yeah. yeah.
0: Except like just religious. And saves people. I mean,
1: beyond that, too. Like, it's just not a very good movie. Like, it's really heavy-handed. There are some good war sequences, but there's nothing... Like, it's just way too heavy-handed. Like, the story on its own is, like, a really remarkable true story, and it doesn't need embellishment, and it doesn't need hyperbole, and Gibson paints him with such a heavy brush that it's, like, too much to bear. Like, we get it. He was an amazing person, and he was very, like, sacrificial, and... Yeah, I don't know. I just I it's not it's not a good movie. It's not a good movie to sit through. I don't know, but that's I think yeah. Hacksaw Ridge is, is the most egregious of the bunch, and I can't wait to see Mel Gibson up on the stage, <laughs> in this new uh, political climate. Oh, that's gosh. gonna be great. <laughs> yeah.
0: Out of anything, I think uh, Hacksaw Ridge I'm pretty s- shocked about, but I'd have to say the Nocturnal Animals Love especially because, if anything, I expected Michael Shannon would get a nomination. But we have an Aaron Taylor-Johnson nomination, which I just do not understand one bit of.
1: (laughs) I mean, we've had private conversations in our Screen Crush chat uh, with Matt Singer, our uh, editor-in-chief, about how terrible Aaron Taylor-Johnson is (laughs) and uh, how much we all don't really care for him. But, yeah, I mean, of, of all the people on that cast who should get a nomination... It should have been Michael Shannon because he's he puts so much into that movie that's like there's so much depth to that role and a lot of depth that doesn't feel like is there on paper at all because it could be a very simple just like character actor role and instead he elevates it to something sort of poignant.
0: He does. Yeah. He's like the the core of the humor in that film, which I don't even know if it's trying to be funny because it's it's. Thinks it's very like dark, but it's it's just not. I mean, if anything, I guess I can see the the best director nomination for Tom Ford because the one thing I did like about Nocturnal Animals was how it looks. I mean, it's it's gorgeous. It looks like you know a fashion spread in the middle of the desert. Everyone is dressed immaculately. I can I can understand that, but this this year the director category is so overflowing that I don't understand how Tom Ford could get in. I mean, we didn't see a a Scorsese nomination. Um, Mel Gibson also got in for for Hacksaw Ridge. We didn't see a, a Jeff Nichols didn't get in for Loving. Denny Villeneuve for Arrival. I mean, there's so many options. Yet we get Gibson and Ford.
1: I can I can accept Ford. Like you were saying, I mean, the film is gorgeous. I like Nocturnal Animals. I think more than most of my peers. Um, I think that it. I think it does have more depth than people maybe give it credit for thematically I really like what it's saying and I, I like the way that he frames it I like the way that he kind of layers these things in I like how it's sort of sneaky I don't know I mean like and I would love to watch like a double feature of that and like the neon demon I think mm. that they both have a lot to say about superficiality also yeah I mean like why Aaron Taylor Johnson why not uh why not Jake Gyllenhaal for supporting because True. I feel like he gives a better supporting performance. Like if we're gonna get down to that, it's like at least at least pick like the right non Michael Shannon supporting actor right. from that movie. The director list, I guess, is fine. I mean, there's a lot I mean, other than other than Ford and Gen- or other than Ford and Gibson, like I see nothing but good there. Like Chazelle, yeah, that makes sense. Jenkins, yes, great. Kenneth Lonergan, perfect. I don't know. Screenplay also, I mean, is basically the same thing except for Here we have Taylor Sheridan for Hell or High Water. And I think that's another one that I take issue with.
0: really? Because
1: I'm a person, like, I'm sort of the opposite. Because, like, everyone really likes um, Hell or High Water. And I don't. I think it's fine. I think it just does what it needs to do. It's enjoyable enough. Um, Kurt Russell's great. Or not Kurt Russell. (laughs) Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges is great. The other other white bearded man. (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, like, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. But... The first thing I thought walking out of that movie was, well, I guess we know why Sicario was so good and it wasn't because of the script. Mm. Because I just don't see anything really special about Hell or High Water. I don't see why it's getting nominated for Best Drama Film. I don't see – I don't understand where, like, this love came from. And I've been theorizing since its release that, like, I feel like that and the way that people really loved Star Trek Beyond, it was like, yeah, our summer was so crappy – that everyone was just desperate to like something. So I think that they attributed a lot more value to those two films than they would have in any other year.
0: I think so, too. I think had Hell or High Water opened at the beginning of the summer, we probably would have forgotten about it by now. Yeah. But, I mean, it did come at a time where everyone was needing something decent. And I think it's a good movie. I I only just recently saw it, so I kind of missed the hype. I mean, I, I saw it and witnessed the hype but um, I I watched it a couple weeks ago and I don't really like westerns this had nothing that interested me you know like three white dudes in a dusty location with guns like no thanks but I actually was pretty surprised by it and I really enjoyed it but even saying that I don't know if it's worthy of these multiple nominations Um, and like especially a best drama nomination I mean it's, it's good but there's so many good dramas this year that I don't know if it's better than those
1: overall, like I'm looking at this list of nominees overall, and just in the film, this isn't even TV, just in the film categories, it looks like the Hollywood Foreign Press Association is split like between old white people with like no sense of like contemporary culture, um, the kind of stuff that like we often like spoof the Academy of being like just like a bunch of like old white dudes. And then the other half is like, cool hip people yeah (laughs) because it's like here you have like all these nominations that i think are some of which are like our worst fears for like the oscars which is like rules don't apply
0: oh gosh um (laughs) you know uh, no
1: florence foster jenkins hacksaw ridge um
0: right those are like the traditional those are like the traditional hfpa picks like they they, they're gonna love florence foster jenkins of course i mean i think we've we've kind of stopped talking about that one because it was like it's fine, you know? I mean, I liked it for what it was for a summer movie. But, like, the... the uh, I keep calling them the Academy. Um, mm. The Hollywood Foreign Press, like, can't not nominate Meryl Streep. And she's even getting the Cecile B. DeMille Award this year. But, like, she has to get nominated, too. Like, it's just... It would be egregious if they didn't. So I'm not super surprised by that. But it does represent, like, the old white members who, you know, it, it's... But then you see you see Sing Street slip in there. and And then they got 20th Century Women so there's like yeah some people are with it but there's definitely this like divide and i wonder how much of that is just a reaction to i mean of course it's a different group but a reaction to Oscars so white and maybe the um hollywood foreign press now is like trying to help that and and elect these you know promising films that aren't just about white guys (laughs)
1: <laughs> but there are still like a lot of things about white people on here. I mean, yeah. I've as much as I'm happy to see like moonlight, you know, get get some and like love and get some love. and you know, some of these pics are really great. there's a little bit, you know, hidden figures a little bit in there. um, surprising that it got a score nod, yeah, yeah as much as that, I mean, like there's still like a lot of white people stuff like, I admittedly have still not seen Lion, but that feels like such a movie for white people to, like, pat themselves on the back while watching. Oh,
0: completely. I mean, the leads aren't white, but it's a good tearjerker for white audiences to feel like they they care about people of color in in other countries.
1: Still, yeah, there's still, like, a lot of... Jonah Hill and War Dogs? Really? Like, this is what we're... Okay, um... And that's before we even get to Deadpool, which is like, I had fun watching Deadpool. I think people were surprised at how much I liked it. Among my friends group, at least, like, I think I liked it even more than some of my male friends. And they were a little surprised because they thought like, oh, but it's so like growy. And I'm like, yeah, but it's like hyper conscious of those attributes and it plays with them. And I just thought it was just like a fun movie. Like, do I love it? Am I going to watch it 10 times? No. But like, I had fun when I did see it. And I just don't know that it's, like, worthy of a Golden Globe. Like, if Ryan Reynolds gets up on stage, also nominated for Best Actor in a Motion Picture Comedy or Musical, he gets up on stage and accepts an award for Deadpool. Like, I'm just going (laughs) to... Like, that's it. Like, that's really the end times for this country. That's it. We just quit. Yeah, I'm done. Like, what are you doing? But, I mean, again, like, we were talking about this earlier. Like, Golden Globes tend to be wacky. Like, they're always sort of the the more fun alternative to the Oscars. I think they're always sort of like, it's the way you like pregame the Oscars. Like you never take them very seriously. And that's always been my view of it. Every time I sit down to watch the Golden Globes, I don't really take it seriously. A lot of these like categories and their distinctions are so strange. The things that they nominate are weird. And I can't really fault them too much because a lot of these nominees, like this is going to be like their one big award for the year. Like they wouldn't have won otherwise if not for the Golden Globes. So yeah, like let true. them have it and like we'll get ready for like the real award show. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, Ryan Reynolds can have his nomination and yeah. that's it. But I also wonder, I mean this year there were so many dramas that I think, they did they just not have enough actors to nominate in comedies? Because there's really not that many, I'm trying to think of other great options uh, of of comedy actors that we that could have been nominated this year or for comedy films. Um,
1: I think they Rafe fines for oh, true. a bigger splash. That's
0: true. Yeah.
1: Yeah. like or actually even
0: Swiss Army man that that could have gone yeah. there. Yeah. if yeah. we're
1: gonna nominate Deadpool, like come on. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we've also talked about this before too. Is like as far as actors go, this year, like it was not the strongest year. Oh, here's another supporting actor for a comedy or music. Well, do they not they don't distinguish between supporting actor roles, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, but supporting actors still. I mean, I can think of several besides, you know, the guy from The Big Bang Theory and Aaron Taylor Johnson. <laughs> um,
0: I did. I did like Simon Helberg and Florence Foster, but yeah, not. Not enough for uh, a nomination. Not more than Michael Shannon. Not more than um, Stephen Henderson in Fences.
1: I think also you could do, and this is one that I put on my ballot for our Austin Critics Award that I think maybe only one other member did, uh, but Danny DeVito in Wiener Dog.
0: Oh, totally.
1: Yeah. He's, he's the best part so of Wiener dog. He's Yeah, he's like him and like Ellen Burstyn, I think are incredible in that movie. And not enough people are talking about them. So, yeah, like, I just I would like to see if we're going to get weird at the awards. Like, let's actually get like genuinely weird and not like, oh, haha, we saw Deadpool. I mean, at least they didn't nominate Sausage Party, which is.
0: Oh, yeah. Bless that. Bless, uh, bless the but... fact that they didn't nominate <laughs> yeah. it. I mean, not the movie.
1: Yeah. Um, I think the other big the other big uh, egregious omission here is Mika Levy's score for Jackie. Yep. Which is like one of the most vital scores I can think of in recent memory, probably since Mika Levy's score for Under the Skin.
0: Yeah, it's so (laughs) fantastic.
1: People like to believe in fairy tales. Camelot. It's been reprinted all over the world. Maybe that's what the Lord believe now.
0: I was listening to it grocery shopping yesterday, and it was oh my God. an intense experience. <laughs> I
1: was listening to it on Saturday as I was giving myself a face mask and putting braids in my hair, and it made the whole scenario very jarring. Oh, wow. Um That's intense.
0: And uh, I mean, I-, I love all the other scores on here. Of course, La La Land's going to get in for music stuff. And like Lion, is, it's, it's an okay score, but I think this could be a sign that Lion might actually sneak in for the Oscars in other categories.
1: Which means I'm going to have to finally watch this screener and, like, pull it from the bottom of my stack and be like, all right, yeah, let's Yeah, get out this. the
0: tissues, too, because, like, <laughs> my face was just, like, wet for an hour. Oh,
1: no. <laughs> okay, so, like, we, we've, talked, we've had a lot of, like, complaints. But I think there's also some good things in here. Yeah. Like, um, the foreign language category is really great. I oh, still yes. haven't watched Divine's, and I had a friend tell me months ago that I need to watch it. So it's in my Netflix queue. I'm going to watch it. I
0: haven't seen Divine's or Naruda. so those, yeah. are, those are also on my list.
1: I haven't seen Naruto either or the salesman. I have a copy of the salesman, but I haven't watched the salesman yet. What oh. are some, there's some other good stuff on here. Oh, um, I'm, I'm
0: so happy that Colin Farrell got a nomination. Like I'm yes. so surprised, but this, that's probably my favorite thing on this list is that someone recognized his brilliant work. It also sort of, it, it feels
1: like justification for me because I put him on my ballot for best actor. It and, said, yeah. um, you know, if, the Golden Globes are nominating him. Then, like, maybe I'm not too far off. And maybe other critics in my group and maybe, you know, members of the Academy are kind of paying attention. I mean, again, it was not the best year for lead actors, which is kind of a good thing in a way. Um, because I think we're starting to see how bland a lot of, like, lead male roles are. Just how default they always are.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because, like, I can look at a list of, like, actresses and supporting actresses, and I'm always, like, battling with, like, oh, God, how do I narrow this down to five? But with men, I'm like, how do I find five? <laughs> because they're all just like, okay, yeah, that's fine. You were not the most interesting part of that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, So to see Colin Farrell, who clearly deserved it, and, yeah, to see him get that is really good. Isabelle Huppert for Elle is incredible. Yes. I was kind of surprised
0: by, um, by Jessica Chastain getting in there. For, um, yeah. for Best Actress, because ha- Miss Sloan hasn't gotten really any awards recognition, and I don't really disagree. Like, it's fine. she She's good in it, but, like, when is she not good? But, yeah, I, I think that's another, like, weird Golden Globes pick, that they're just like, we're going to toss some support this way. And they and they gave her Best Actress a couple years ago for um, Zero Dark
1: Thirty. Yeah, I, I still want to see Miss Sloan. We had, like, a couple screenings here, and it's just been, like, such a low priority for me that I just not i mean i do always believe that she is good uh oh best actress in a motion picture comedy musical Hayley steinfeld for edge of 17 that's left field and interesting and it's a really good movie it's a sneaky good movie and it's one i think that people are going to like more a few years from now like i think more people will be talking about it a few years from now than they are now
0: i've been seeing people say that a lot i still yeah. haven't seen it yet i think i might do that tomorrow night i
1: i really love it i've seen it a couple times now and i think it's really great and like it's sneaky great and I think the reason why people keep saying that is because it's something like Mean Girls where like it's so dead on and so funny and so like real that it's just going to take I think that younger audience a few years to catch up and then like people sort of in between the younger and older crowd to finally give it a chance and then I think once you have the merging of those two groups like we'll find that sweet spot in a few years where everyone will just come around and you're going to see all these think pieces like why Edge of 17 is like the best coming of age movie in years, (laughs) you know, or people on like, there's gonna be like a Jezebel article that's just like, why didn't I watch the Edge of 17 10 years ago? (laughs) An investigation in gifts.
0: I can see it. Yeah.
1: Do you have any other thoughts on these film categories?
0: Oh, I was really happy. I don't remember if I said this. I might have. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I was really happy to see Sing Street get a, Best Picture Comedy nomination. You did
1: mention that. And we were talking about Sing Street earlier today. Um, Oh, well, you missed this because you were not in the office. So I finally watched Sing Street last night. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Finally. I'd been resisting it because I kept hearing how good it was. And it's one of those weird things. Like every year there's the one movie that people are like, oh, it's so joyful. It's so feel good. It'll make you so happy. It's so great. And like almost unanimously. Like I've seen very few people criticize Sing Sing Street. Yeah. But for whatever reason, it triggers something in me <laughs> that makes me, like, not want to watch it. Because I just, I fear that, like, those expectations have been set too high, and then I know for a fact that there's no way it could be that good. Yeah. So then I just put it off, because I'm like, it's not going to be that good anyway, whatever. But I finally watched it last night. My friend convinced me, and we watched it. And I really like it for the most part. I find it quite charming. I don't think the music is that good. I think, weirdly, the music kind of gets worse as it becomes more original. Um mm. But like the kid with the rabbits is great. Like I wish the the whole movie was about him and his mom instead. <laughs> I would because watch that, that kid like that kid would have been my boyfriend in high school. <laughs> There's so much of it that I do like, and the actors are all great, and like Jack Rayner's great and and Maria Doyle Kennedy and Aidan Gillen as a couple is like amazing to me. I love them both. But like I had my big problem with it was the way that Rafina is written because she's sort of weak to begin with, which you can kind of forgive because of the point of view. But then it's like, you know, he's like the kid is like romantically like idealizing her as like his dream girl. And he has all these expectations of her in his head and they have this talk and it's really sweet. And she's like just casually drops in that her father sexually abused her, which oh, isn't great. irrelevant because of the way that like they allude to like the priest at the school abusing the boys. And and it's a really like hard part of town and it's hard time in Dublin. So, I mean, you get it, but it's like. It's the way that that information is just casually presented and you can understand like her motivation for being so casual about it. But narratively there's this weird like brushing off of it. And what's worse about it is that they, they present this as like a way to make her more interesting, not only to the audience, but to the boy because like immediately after she says this, you see him like kind of look in like this pensive look and then cut to like smash cut to him sitting on the staircase at home looking all dreamy and googly-eyed about her. Like, now all of a sudden, like, she's even more interesting to him and he, like, loves her even more because of this.
0: Mm, And I kind of hate it. That's a good criticism. Yeah, that's, I I feel like I need to revisit it because I didn't, I don't remember that from when I first saw it, which was in, like, January.
1: Yeah, Matt and I it's argued about it earlier. He was defending that choice. And I was like, I, I just really hate that choice in most things. Like, just making a character more interesting because she was raped. Like, mm. I hate that. So I actually paused the movie at that point, And I was oh. like, movie. Movie, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> you cannot do this. Uh, and then I did that anyway. But, you know, whatever. I mean, overall, it's charming, though. So I'll allow this nomination to happen.
0: Okay, you're not too angry.
1: No, I mean you know you know the other reason I think I was resisting watching it to begin with is because I hated Begin Again so much, which is another movie with like a really horribly written female character. Mm,
0: did you like Once? I have not seen Once. Okay, see, I haven't. I'm seen a begin weird Again, anomaly, but I've seen
1: Once, so <laughs> I I know I hear that Once is really great. I know that song. I'm very familiar with it. <laughs> I think I get it, but uh, yeah, like I hated Begin Again so much that I don't know. But maybe that's also why I liked seeing Street more than I thought I would because I hated Begin Again.
0: Maybe
1: you do have a note here about. Like what
0: do we think about Jackie? About Oscars? Yeah. Like well, do we think that... I'm sort of starting to get worried because I felt and I think this might have been clouded by my own love of Jackie, but I felt so confident maybe a week ago and previous to that that Jackie was gonna get in for a best picture nomination. And I've had some conversations with people and just sort of looking at the Golden Globe nominations, I'm getting a little nervous that maybe it's a little too weird. And I mean, it could get in, but when I'm thinking about the top five I feel like at this point, I'm thinking that Fences or Lion or Hacksaw Ridge, maybe, unfortunately, Ugh. might even, like, sneak in above it. But maybe if, if, there, if, if there are more than five, it has a chance. But, I mean, it did win. Um, last night was the Critics' Choice, so it won a bunch of, um, I think it won Hair and Makeup, and mm-hmm. there was another one. It won some other technical ones, which I think it has a lot of chances for. But I, I don't know. I feel like it could be a little too off-putting and weird for the academy what do you think
1: it's weird because when we were talking in our last episode um i really thought and i've had this belief the, the whole time that like it is what i was calling like an oscar bait and switch is that it's like it has all of the outward appearances or like surface qualities of like oscar bait like it's a biopic Um, it has a favored actor in it. It's about, you know, it's about, um, JFK. Well, you know, sort of, I mean, like, so it has that like attraction to it. Like all of these things that like checks off all these boxes, like there's like the period piece, it's costumes, um, all this stuff that like would lure them in. And then they would just sort of have that switch where like, you know, once they sit down to watch it, it's like, Oh, this is actually, you know, it's quite jarring and discordant and it's, you know, unconventional as all hell and, but ultimately, they would be rewarded with, like, a movie that's way better than what they were expecting. And mm. now I'm starting to think, like you, like, getting worried that maybe maybe those unconventional qualities are too off-putting for them. Like, maybe they, they didn't like being tricked.
0: Yeah, maybe. I mean, it didn't even make – not that I'm that surprised, I guess, but it didn't make the AFI top ten. And it's just, like, slowly not appearing on as many lists and nominations that I thought it would. And I don't know. I think that – Obviously, Natalie Portman is like a shoe in for a nomination, maybe a win, but I don't know. I think I've been seeing more backlash against it than I expected to because, I mean, the the La La Land backlash I expect because not everyone's going to be super charmed by that. But this, I don't know. I, I thought it was artful enough for people to appreciate, but with more traditional biopics like Lion and Hacksaw Ridge and Sully... I feel like those might move the academy more than, than Jackie will.
1: Yeah, it's really weird. I mean, I do feel like Natalie Portman has to be a shoe in at the very least. And I feel like, um, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I agree. Like, I was surprised at some of the backlash I've even seen in social media over the last few days. People finally watching Jackie and, you know, going, actually, I don't think it's that good. And mm-hmm. it's like, well, you're wrong, but okay. Um. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean, La La Land I did expect. I mean, honestly, like, I walked into La La Land thinking I would not like it, that I was going to be a result of that, like, whiplash from, like, everyone loving it at TIFF. Mm -hmm. I just thought it was, like, it was part of, like, the festival bubble hype, that it was just, like, overhyped, and then it won me over. I mean, weirdly, though, of my list of, like, my top 26 films of the year, which I still have to whittle down to 10 somehow, (laughs) uh, La La Land is not on that top 26. There are, like, 26 films I loved more than La La Land, as charming as I find it.
0: Wow, okay.
1: Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. I mean, I bet, yeah, the backlash for that's understandable. Anything that is so loved, you know, is going to get, you know, there's been no moonlight backlash, though, right? really.
0: And I guess I it's mean, good to clarify that, like, I feel like we're talking about this backlash and most people are probably like, what backlash? Because it's very, like, film Twitter based. But if you look mm-hmm. at the awards, like, clearly La La Land is still sweeping everything. So... Yeah. As far as Guilds go and and Hollywood Foreign Press and the Critics' Choice, like, La La Land's still on top. I'm still pretty certain it's going to win Best Picture, but when we say, yeah, I just want to clarify backlash because I feel like <laughs> that's just like our own little circle of, of film Twitter people.
1: Yeah, we, we live in the film Twitter bubble. So let's go, let's go look at television. There are some surprises, Stranger Things, as like, I mean, that's something that's like so loved. I mean... And really divisive because either you love or you hate that show. True, uh, but it did become like super popular. I mean, like spawned memes. Like Barb has become like a cultural icon, even though she's like barely in the show. And uh, <laughs> and it feels like this is a this is a selection that reflects like popular opinion.
0: Yeah, and I think the Hollywood Foreign Press also really loves to recognize new TV shows every year. Right. Unlike unlike the Emmys, which is like stuck in their stupid habit of giving modern family nominations every year. Like the Golden Globes well, likes to try new things. And this year you see almost every everything of the dramas is, is new. Um beyond Game of Thrones. There's the Crown and Stranger Things and This Is Us and Westworld, which is pretty crazy that a lot of things that got it last year. Like, Mr. Robot won last year. Yeah, Mr. Robot and Rami Malek won. Right. He's still nominated for for actor, but they do really love to just, like, give the new guy a nomination. And then, the second year around, that new guy never really gets it again. Like, but Most certainly the Jungle is back after it won last year, which I feel like it probably won't this year. I feel like, I feel like Atlanta is, like, the newcomer that's (laughs) gonna, like, sweep. Yeah, I still
1: have a DVR full of Atlanta that I need to watch. I still haven't watched Atlanta, um, so maybe I'll kind of start that later this week once I'm kind of done with movie stuff. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, they do. They recognize the new people um, or the new shows. I just kind of wonder, like, what's going to be the new Mad Men? Like, what's the thing that's going to get consistent nominations and then just be consistently snubbed just over and over I don't again? I do
0: know. Do we – is there anything? Because Game of Thrones is, like, holding the crown, but we only have two more years of that, so – yeah. What's, like next up, that's the next best prestigious drama. Yeah, I, I don't I know. Used, I, I used mean, to think Better Call be... Saul, but that isn't that didn't get a drama nomination. Maybe I mean the the underappreciated drama is always the Americans. So maybe right. eventually that'll find its way in and get some more praise.
1: I want to know who the hell is watching Ray Donovan? Is I, it like I didn't even know the show was still on. <laughs> Yeah, like well I mean I, I only knew I think that it was still on because it keeps getting nominated yeah. every year. I don't know, like um or maybe just because like every time I see Lee Schreiber I'm like, oh yeah, I guess you're on that show. Um <laughs> yeah, like who's watching Ray Donovan? Who's watching this Goliath show, which I think is just like bad Santa but like bad judge. I hear a lot about I guess like Outlander has its like own group of fans, so I guess that's a thing. I mean, I've seen things about it on Tumblr, so I it's popular enough, I think. Yeah, don't um, want to piss off
0: those fans. That's for sure.
1: Happy to see Winona Ryder nominated, as always. Mm-hmm. Winona forever.
0: And Evan Rachel Wood.
1: Yes. Who is incredible. Yeah.
0: I, I love that the women of Westworld got nominated. Fandy Newton and Evan Rachel Wood. I'm pretty happy about that.
1: I am, too. I think, uh, I mean, it sucks that Anthony Hopkins was snubbed. Like, he is yeah. so good. I saw someone tweet a couple weeks ago. I can't remember who it was, but just, like, in passing, I saw this on Twitter. that Somebody was tweeting, like, you know, Anthony Hopkins has never been a good actor. He's just been skating by on, like, one, like, fluke good role in, like, Silence of the Lambs. And I was like, wait, what? Like, <laughs> I can see that argument about, like, so many other actors, like Johnny Depp or, like... <laughs> Anyone else, I don't know. Um, but, like, no, Anthony Hopkins is good. Just because he's, like, made some not good movies doesn't mean he's not good.
0: Someone must have a Anthony Hopkins grudge, because that, that doesn't make any sense. Not all of his movies have been great, but has there been one, like, terrible Anthony Hopkins movie that is scarring? I, can't, can't um,
1: I mean, there was that one with Ryan Gosling that I watched years ago. Oh, I don't remember what it was called. The It's, like, a weird, like, thriller. I don't know, but... It wasn't that bad, though. I mean, like, they were both good in it, so... What is... What is great... Okay, so Nick Nolte has a nomination for Best Actor in a Television Comedy for a show called Graves that I've never heard of.
0: I first heard of it this morning. Although I've, <laughs> I've been a bit behind on TV, so I'll admit that. But I don't even know what network this is on. Let's...
1: Yeah, we should look that up out. so we can be informed. And yeah, it's weird, it's like, on, I don't...
0: Uh, epics?
1: Oh, okay. Well, maybe that's why nobody's ever really heard of it, because... Yeah. I don't know who I don't has has epics, anyone who has an Epix Good subscription. for them,
0: though. Congrats, Epix.
1: Yeah, good job, Epix. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, like, but can you really be blamed these days for not knowing about a TV show? I mean, there, there's like an overwhelming amount of television and good television, and it's really hard to choose. I mean, there's so many shows I still haven't watched because it's just really hard to keep up with TV. It is, yeah.
0: Especially I mean, this, this year. Just, yeah, with TV, the, with Netflix releasing a new show every other week. And Amazon back in the game strong and stuff coming from Showtime and places like Epix and other random networks that didn't previously have shows. It's, like, impossible to stay up to date on things.
1: Like, yeah, there's another one I didn't know. Charlotte Rampling is on a television show called London Spy, which sounds like something I would love to watch. Oh, yeah, um, it's, um,
0: it's Ben Whishaw.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Yeah. I haven't seen okay. it, but I'm intrigued to watch it because it's Ben Whishaw.
1: That sounds great. I'm a little, I mean, there's some good stuff in there, too. Uh, Riley you i don't know how you say her last name oh
0: really keogh
1: Kyog yeah, thank you she's
0: pretty good in girlfriend experience
1: i still haven't watched it and i need to i really love amy Simetz. Uh, i really yes. love the girlfriend experience um and
0: um shane Carruth does the score for a couple episodes Ugh, so it's it's worth it for that
1: uh sarah paulson for people versus oj of course Yeah, I mean, how could you not? I think my one thing here that I'm kind of surprised about is that we have a nomination for Sarah Jessica Parker for Divorce, and she is really good. I mean, I think she's better than that show as a whole. Even though her character is kind of the least compelling part, the thing I'm surprised about is that for supporting actress, we don't have Molly Shannon for Divorce, and Molly Shannon is great. Mm. She's, like, great in everything, but she's, like, really good on Divorce, and, like, her and Tracy Letts are the fictional couple I never knew I wanted. Like... Mm. Yeah.
0: I haven't seen it yet. Is it worth watching for that?
1: Yeah, and it's pretty breezy to get through. Um, It's the same creator of, um, oh, what's that show? Oh, Sharon Horgan, who does Catastrophe.
0: Oh, I haven't watched that either.
1: Neither have I, but it makes me want to watch Catastrophe. And I hear Catastrophe is really good. But uh, yeah, so Sarah Jessica Parker, I really like that nomination. Julia Louis-Dreyfus for Veep, How Could You Not?, uh, and Issa, Issa Rae is awesome. Yeah. I
0: love Insecure.
1: So do I. I, I was a little behind. Um,
0: I still haven't finished it yet, so no spoilers.
1: Oh, my God. You have to finish it so we can talk about the last episode Everyone and like it. what it has in common with a film that has been nominated.
0: Oh, wow. <laughs> okay, okay.
1: Yeah, it is, it, is, it is just impactful. I will use that word, impactful. <laughs> so I won't say like positive or negative. Craziness, but just, like, impactful. Okay, got it. That's really good. Yeah, Issa Rae, I love her. I love Insecure. So good.
0: But, it, like, you you've said before how they group together supporting for um, limited in series. It's kind of a shame because it's it's not just comedy and drama, but it's also limited. And films made for TV, which is, like, there's so many, so many shows now that I think they're really limiting how many people they could nominate. Because you could have nominated so many people. Like you said, Molly Shannon, um... Also, the, uh, whoever her best friend is on Insecure, Issa Rae's her oh, friend. Oh, yeah. I forget she's her name, so good, too. But she's too. great. So there's just so many people that it's kind of, I mean, there's so many awards anyway. This is like the longest award show ever, every year. But
1: yeah, I was just thinking that, looking at the list.
0: Already dreading like, that, that Sunday night where we're up till 2 a.m.
1: Well, you guys will be up till 2 a.m. <laughs> oh, yeah, you, you get it out a little bit early. Um, I will be probably maybe watching half of this and then not watching anything. The Oscars are like my one night every year. That's the that's the night that like it's like my yearly. It's like my Super Bowl, and I know. And here's the thing: is cause like I know that it doesn't matter ultimately that this is like all like silly, but I get like really into. It. I get like rooting for my teams. I get like very passionate about it, and it's like it's a whole thing. Like I get like food and and champagne, and I'm very happy. Um, totally. the Golden Globes are not. I mean, Cold, Golden Globes are like a preamble. So I usually don't even end up watching all of it because it is it is so long. And if you're going to have it be this long, why not divide your supporting categories?
0: Right. Yeah. I think I like the Golden Globes more as a viewing experience because everyone's drunk. So it's oh, yeah. just so fun to see. Like I'm never going to forget that GIF of Viola Davis pouring champagne and just laughing between commercial breaks. <laughs> like that's just gold. But and then the Oscars are a little more, you know, buttoned up. But still, obviously, a fun night. But um, but this year I'm kind of like not looking forward to either because we have the most uninteresting hosts, like Jimmy Kimmel and Jimmy Fallon.
1: The two worst Jimmys. I mean,
0: Ugh. I mean, I'm Jimmy Kimmel, I I'm a little bit more interested in him as a host. He did a good job with the Emmys. But Fallon, there there are yeah. better options. Let's get I Tina mean, that and I mean, i just gonna
1: be like laughing through the whole thing anyway. Yeah. Or. Turning everything into a song, and oh, that's like the worst part for me. I hate the musical aspects. Like I just kind of hate like anytime SNL opens with a musical number, and anytime you have like the musical numbers in like the Oscars and Golden Globes, it's just like no, just, just I give can't. It. Some of these are still good. The supporting the supporting nominations are still Sterling K. Brown for The People vs. O.J. and John Travolta. Oh yeah, which is like yeah. I mean, to be fair, it is the best thing he's done in years, and I was surprised at how how good he was because you looked, we, that first photo we saw of him as Shapiro, (laughs) as Robert Shapiro, Robert Shapiro looked like, Oh God, like, here we go. Like peak Travolta. Just, this is just going to be nutty. And it's no, like, I mean, he does, there is a silliness to the way that he speaks and stuff, but not nearly as like wacky as I kind of thought he was going to be.
0: Yeah. I think that was one of the most surprising performances in that show. I mean, you know, Sarah Paulson's going to be great and mm-hmm. Sterling K. Brown and pretty much everyone else but yeah his but that, that photo that original photo will live on the internet and internet yeah. memes till the end of time
1: best limited series night manager the night of I'm happy to see the night of on here so much John Turturro Riz Ahmed the, I mean like I really I really love the night of and I think I liked it ultimately in the end more than some other people did because I think a lot of people were expecting like a conclusion, like the conclusive answer to what has happened here. And that's not the point of that show. And I think the show makes it very clear that that's not at all what it's interested in exploring. So I really I really enjoyed it. I wouldn't mind seeing another season of that um, told from a different perspective or following another case. I don't know. But yeah. Have they I mean, like, talked that's about, really...
0: Have they talked about a second season yet?
1: I still think it's, like, a possibility, but nobody's confirmed anything. Like, there's nothing concrete. I think it's, mm-hmm. like, they've they've considered the possibility of doing a second season, but it would not be, it would not follow the same characters. Like, it would follow, I think, overall, like, the same, like, legal system. So, like, you could still have John Taturo, but you would have, like, a different case. Or you could, like, follow, like, another detective or something. But all sort of in that same jurisdiction. Mm-hmm. I guess I should probably watch This Is Us. Since everyone oh, yeah. seems to like it, that's like the New Parenthood or something.
0: Right. Mandy Moore has a Golden Globe nomination.
1: That's bananas. Never did I think when I was watching her video for Candy that she would someday <laughs> be nominated for a Golden Globe, and here we are. Here we are. <laughs> uh, Olivia Coleman for The Night Manager, which is another reason that I should watch The Night Manager. <laughs> right. I love her so much. This
0: is just a list of things we need to catch up on before January.
1: That's really all it is. Yeah. It's just like here are a bunch of things you haven't been watching. Like I guess I should finally watch Mozart in the Jungle
0: because mm. I keep hearing that I would really like it. Actually, I shouldn't say anything. I've only seen the pilot, and I, I shouldn't <laughs> criticize something after that. I love Gil Garcia Burnell, but yeah, I don't know.
1: Who doesn't Good to see Transparent on here? But Transparent only has a nomination for Best Television Comedy. There's there's no other nomination. Oh, and Jeffrey for that. Tambor. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, which like yeah.
0: technically this season Jeffrey Tambor is good he's always Mm -hmm. good but this season well this this is for um season three right because I know the Emmys gets weird with it because it came out at a funky time this year
1: yeah I don't know I think that um I'm not exactly sure what season this is for but I do feel like either way why don't why isn't Judith Light getting nominated for Transparent like ever
0: like if she doesn't get an Emmy nomination next year I'm going to lose it
1: oh yeah no she's incredible like she makes me feel like weirdly protective of her and not at the same time. Like I know that she can take care of herself, but it like, it it gives me this feeling where like, I just want to live my life to make Judith light happy. (laughs) Like I just never want to make her sad because watching her sad on the show, like just kills me. It's
0: heartbreaking. I
1: know. So it's not that, I don't know if it's necessarily like a feeling of like protectiveness, just that like, I want to do everything in my power for the rest of my life. Even if I never meet Judith light. To make sure that she's never sad because of me.
0: You're just the Judith Light advocate. I met Judith Light in a bathroom once. Oh my god. And I didn't know what to say. So I just told her how much I loved her judge in SVU. (laughs) And she was very pleased. And I almost like went in a little too far and was going to talk about the episode where her judge sits on a syringe and then has to get rushed to the ER because it's really intense. But I didn't want to expose myself as too much of an SVU fan, but... But she she was very lovely and, like, appreciated (laughs) my compliment.
1: I don't really know how else you're supposed to react to, like, fans when they come up to you. I always find it weird. Like, I usually don't want to talk to someone unless, like, we have a mutual friend who's present. Mm -hmm. Then it's like, oh, okay, well, they'll introduce me. Um, Like, I sort of did that at Fantastic Fest with, like, Aya Cash from You're the Worst. Mm -hmm. Because, like, I'm friendly with Ryan Johnson and she was there with Ryan because... One of the writers of the show is dating one of my friends. Like it's a whole like weird thing. And like he's friends with Ryan Johnson. So like it was a whole thing, but I was like kind of like just nudging them to like introduce me to <laughs> I like, I don't want to I don't want to just like go up and like fangirl out on her. In my experience though, like those people, like actors, those people, actors uh typically are like very kind and just like thank you. But then I also find it weird to like go up to them and just feel like, "Hi, I really love your work. I'm such a fan." And it's like yeah. Did they need to know that I'm a fan specifically? Like did what is that doing for them? Like what am I doing for them? I'm doing this for me. Yeah,
0: exactly. I, I rarely do it. It was it was an event for transparent, so I felt like it was appropriate to approach her.
1: Yeah, no, that that makes sense. I did the <laughs> um I did the like at South by last year or this past year, sort of kept like getting agged on by like Joanna Robinson and Christy Simons Puchko to like we were at this bar and Lynn Shea was there. And she was there with, um, oh God, what's his name from um, the Leftovers, the the the, the hug, the hug kid.
0: Oh, um, the 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 son.
1: Yeah, the oh, son. I don't know his
0: name, but yeah, mm-hmm. I can't remember his
1: name right now. But he was there, and I guess because they were in a very small movie together, but they were like together. It was the weirdest pairing, and then like we were all talking about Lin Shea, and like I was like, I love Lin Shea, and everyone was like, just like saying like, oh, there's something about Mary, and I'm like that is not the only thing Lynn Shay has ever done. This is like beloved character actress, Lynn Shay. And so they were like, you should go say hi. And then like, we were also talking about the guy from the leftovers was there. And they were like, you should get a hug from him. <laughs> like ask him to give you a hug. And I had had a couple of drinks that were purchased for me. Oh so God, did I did. I did. I walked <sighs> over and I, I said, I ignored him at first. I spoke to Lynn Shay and she was so surprised that someone knew who she was. Like it was the most earnest response. Like it was completely genuine. Like she just does apparently does not get a lot of people coming up to her and saying like oh my god I love your work because like I guess she is like she is the epitome of like a real good character actress and that like people just don't really know her name or recognize her that much even though she's been in a billion things so she was very kind and then the guy next to her was just like the actor was just like oh so you're just gonna like ignore me and he was like acting like very hurt and I was like no because I was going to say that I also enjoy your work in The Leftovers and we were just talking about. uh I should come over here and ask you for a hug to, to hug my pain away and he hugged me and he was very kind.
0: Did your pain go away?
1: I don't think I had any that day so I think it was <laughs> it was like null like there was no okay uh, But yeah so if you go up to the, that guy and you ask him to hug your pain away, he will do it happily okay. and yeah, he'll good be very know. charming about it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and which is a good reminder you know to bring us back to this that the leftovers yet again is snow Yes. Yeah, it's just did I, complete bullshit every single I, year.
1: I don't understand. You know, they, what it is is that that show is just too good for people.
0: Yeah, it's just above awards, you know? Best and I
1: think it's TV. also a good lesson, too. I was reminded of this with Westworld, is that, like, The Leftovers is not a show that is interested in giving you, like, explicit answers to its mysteries. Completely. Like, there are, like, certain smaller, like, mysteries that you'll sort of see unfold over a season, sort of like the thrilling aspect of it, but it's, like, a very like, dramatically thrilling aspect it's more interested in like characters and, and those sto- like those stories and, and telling like really human stories. It's not interested in answering things. Whereas like Westworld at first presents itself as a show that is not going to like give you explicit answers. This is not, you know, like it's more interested in like thematic explorations. And then by like the third or fourth episode, you realize like, Oh, this is not the show I thought it was like, this is all about mystery. Um And so like Westworld becomes this hugely popular, popular show um, and The Leftovers is still not – no one pays attention to it except for, like, us, apparently. Yeah. But it's a much more rewarding show, ultimately.
0: It is. Yeah. In and it does way. deserve – Writing, score, Oh, my God, the score. Directing, like, literally. It's just brilliant. Yeah. It is.
1: It's so good. Every Every aspect of that show is so good. I don't understand why – why we're ignoring Justin Thoreau and Regina King and giving Regina King nominations oh. for like other categories, but right. not, we're just going to keep ignoring the leftovers. <laughs>
0: Maybe it'll finally get something with its last season. Maybe.
1: Yeah, it could be one of those.
0: That, like that happens. The
1: last year they're like, you know, okay. Okay. You know,
0: right, we'll recognize this. Cause what else does HBO have dramatically beyond game of Thrones? I mean, there are things,
1: I guess, like I don't Westworld, know. I mean, without I guess, like, if they, if Westworld hadn't worked out for them, they would have been screwed. Yeah, they would have. And now they have at least, like, five seasons of this. Well, I guess they also... Well, they have a new David Simon series. And that could be another thing that gets consistently snubbed, as most David Simon things do. Mm.
0: Oh, I just want to say, if we're going to go back to movies real quick, I'm so eternally grateful to the Hollywood Foreign Press for not nominating the Rules Don't Apply song. Oh,
1: my God. Thank you so much. I still haven't seen it, but I think that you should describe to people what this is.
0: The song is sung by Lily Collins in this movie and she sings it to seduce multiple men. And literally, the men will take their clothes off and have sex with her right after she sings this terrible song. But they, no, actually, they don't even take their clothes off. Uh, spoiler alert, Alan Erdenreich. Am I saying his name right? Erdenreich?
1: Han Solo. the
0: Ehrenreich. Han Solo jizzes oh. in his pants when she sings the song because he can't even contain himself. Wait, what? Yeah, that, that's what happens in the movie. <laughs> the rules do not apply to his... apparently um wait
1: but like but the song is it's called rules don't apply yeah it's
0: called rules don't apply and she pretty much just recites that line over and over again and then there's but but like how let me look up the lyrics because i need to demonstrate how terrible yeah i
1: want i want to hear like a, a demo of what this song sounds
0: like one day i told my friend i was terribly blue you think I'm nuts, right? Was it oh, get late get two, that person out of here. I think you should see someone.
1: <laughs> when you told me the rules don't apply to me. He thought for a moment, then he answered. You know, they don't apply to you either. He said the rules don't apply
0: to you. It's just, it's just painful. The melody is so bad. And then she says it like six more times. And mind you, in the movie, they say the rules don't apply at least three times. I mean, in this town, aren't those the rules? You're an exception. The rules don't apply to you. They say the title of the movie multiple times, which like... <laughs> you need Usually to I
1: enjoy that, though. I like any movie where they say the title, even if it's a bad movie. I think especially if it's a bad movie, if they say the title of the movie casually as part of conversation, I get really excited. <laughs> <laughs> like at the end of The Magnificent Seven, spoiler alert. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, my God. Where there's like the voiceover with like Haley Bennett. And she's like... They were truly magnificent, <laughs> and it's
0: just like yes, they <laughs> <laughs> just couldn't end the movie without it.
1: I know, and then all of a sudden the movie's like a little bit better than it was. You're just like, yeah, they really were, weren't they? <laughs> all right, well, do we have anything else to cover?
0: I don't think so. I think we I think we hit all the stuff. Well, <laughs> what else do we have next coming up? It's SAG nominations are this Wednesday, the day this podcast will come out, the SAG nominations <laughs> will be out. So we will not be talking about those, obviously. Literally. But it's, um, all the good stuff happens next year with the Producers Guild nominations in January, then the Directors Guild a couple days after that, and then SAG winners and all that stuff. So there's lots of stuff. Indie Spirit which is the same weekend as the Oscars, as always, so...
1: Oh, yeah, that's always fun.
0: There's lots to look forward to. Um, But it'll be interesting to see how things change between now and then, and if our conversations change, if our predictions change.
1: We have a busy, busy couple months.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So our next episode is going to be on December 28th, and since not a whole lot will be developing in the awards season race yet, we're going to use that episode to talk about our end-of-year lists and the best movies of 2016, according to each of us. Thanks for listening. You can get new episodes of And the Podcast Goes To every other Wednesday on iTunes and YouTube. For more of the latest movie and TV news, head to ScreenCrush.com. Follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, subscribe on YouTube, and follow us on Instagram and Snapchat at the username ScreenCrush.